You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode 150 of the Well Woman podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode is all about breast health and self-breast checking with the beautiful Dr. Connolly. Dr. Connolly is a prominent leader in the integrative and functional medicine medical field, and she takes all the best of sciences, including conventional, homeopathic, Eastern medicine, and the new modern medicine, combines them all together. She herself is the medical doctor of two unique clinics, the Cancer Center for Healing and the Center for New Medicine over in the United States. The combined clinics have become the largest integrative medical clinic in North America and visited by patients from all over the world with 65,000 patients and growing. Now, when it comes to breast health and even the topic of breast cancer, Dr. Connolly was definitely the number one person on my list to reach out to, to have this particular conversation. Throughout this episode, you will learn all about her passion and drive, and she truly is inspirational in this health realm. Together, we discuss breast health, breast cancer, toxins impact on our overall health, not just your breast health. And then when it does come to breast health, what we can do when it comes to a self breast exam, if you're anything like me, you're in the younger category. So you don't necessarily get asked to get a mammogram. So in this episode, you will learn how to do your own self breast exam, along with when is the best time in your menstrual cycle to do so, how you can listen and tune into your body. And of course, Dr. Connolly gives us an amazing list of what we can actually do to maintain healthy breasts. This particular list isn't just for breast health, it's for overall health, but you're going to thoroughly enjoy it. And I would currently make sure that you have a pen and paper handy for that end list of notes at the end of the podcast episode. I can't wait for you to unravel all of her wisdom with me and learn more about breast health. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code cycle love to save 20% off. Dr. Connolly, welcome to the Well Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me and it's awesome to meet someone all across the planet. <laughs> Isn't that the beauty of the internet these days? Yeah. I just, it's, it is beautiful. Um, now I'm very excited for these topics that we're going to be talking about today with breast health. Before we jump into breast health, tell me about what day of your cycle you're on and how are you checking in or how are you feeling today in this moment? 
Right. Well, I am feeling fantastic because I get to do things like this and share my knowledge. And um, I want everyone to have the best life possible. So this is great. Education is how we have the best life possible. And um, cycle, because I am beyond having a cycle, (laughs) I am in menopause. So um, I don't have a cycle. So every day now I have this the same. So it's kind of (laughs) great when you have a cycle. Um, I was I lived a different life than most women. And um, this has to do with a lot of why I do what I do. So when I was 16 years old, I um, was told by my parents, they received a letter that the drug that my mother took when she was pregnant with me 16 years ago, that that drug caused cancer. And that I need to start getting medical evaluations at the local cancer center. And I grew up in Houston, Texas. And Houston, the, the, the medical center in Houston, Texas is like a city. And it was a city back long time ago. So now it's like humongous uh, conglomerate of buildings and hospitals. And so that drug was called DES. And DES is diethylstrobestrol. It was drug given for about 42 years. They knew it was a carcinogen, but still gave the medication. And um, it was given, it was designed to prevent miscarriage in women and prevent bleeding in women. So that's why my mother was given. I'm number three of six children. And I was the only child that she took it with. And so anyway, I never, I had my, I had my menstrual cycle very late in life, but I never had two periods in a row in my life. So that seriously affected me because if you don't have a cycle, you know, your, your cycle, we have, it has to do with everything. All right. And so I would go in these like extreme PMS or, you know, like this whole state of like, you know, and like most women can relate to. And I didn't have that. So I was always excited that I had a menstrual cycle. And so that's why I know so much about hormones. And that's why I know a lot about prevention, because I lived my whole life in a preventive, proactive way. I didn't know what I know now back then. So I've learned a lot along the way. And my whole desire is I want everyone to know what I know. And so that's why I do these podcasts or any other avenue, because we need to enlighten and illuminate everybody that will listen. Anyone that's willing to put their ears or their eyes to it. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey. Very interesting. Um, I have a question about how when you said that it came every second period, you missed or every second period. Did that have anything to do with your ovary health or the fact that you were only ever ovulating out of one ovary? Or was it just you had those longer cycles so it only came every two months? No, I think what happened is the DES like changed my whole hormone receptor sites and my home cycle having to do with my hypothalamic and pituitary axis. And so um, I learned how to cycle myself with natural progesterone, which saved my entire life. 
and mm-hmm. I've been on natural progesterone for um, probably 34 or 35 years. So a long time. It was the most one of the one of the most life-saving things I did because when I would go into these unopposed estrogen cycles, you know, I didn't feel good on so many levels. And I had bloating in my abdomen and tenseness and like your mood isn't that great and everything's just not that great and and women really need that beautiful flow and cycle of energy and flow of hormones and so but that was just my life I mean I always tell people you can't become your problem you can't own your problem it is a learning episode and that was a very long learning episode And um, it is what it is. Like it is what it is. I wouldn't be doing what I do today if I didn't have those health detours. And the health detours allowed me to talk today. I love that. Your journey becomes, I guess, part of your passion and your your mission. Yeah, well, your misery becomes your mission. I love that. That's definitely what happened with me too. (laughs) Um, So beautiful. So for everyone who's listening who's never heard of you before, Um, how, like, how, like, what is it that you do and how did you, like, how is it important that I'm talking to you about breast health? Right. Well, okay. So I started, uh, medicine 35 years ago and I started in a very conventional medical practice and I specialized actually in weight loss. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to lose weight. And that was true now. And it was true then. So I um, started, you know, and I grew my practice because no one really knew how to help people lose weight. You know, it's just not counting calories. I focused on hormones back then. So anyway, revolutionizing. Yes, very revolutionary. So it's morphed into obviously what I do today. So today um, I have like eight doctors. We have nutritionists, we have technicians, we have support staff. So we have like 70 different people. And they all help in all different capacities, registered nurses. We have um, people who do emotional optimization. Uh, We have acupuncturists. I mean, we have lymphatic drainage specialists. We have like this beautiful composition of humanity that share their divine seeds with our patients every day. And so it is, it's beautiful. So we have two parts of our office. We have the cancer center for healing. So those are patients come from all over the world to get treated for cancer. And then we have the Center for New Medicine and the Center for New Medicine is everything from human optimization to autoimmune to every kind of chronic illness. And so, um, because the cancer patients are there usually for an extended period of time. And so we just, you know, we divide, they have, they have the same entrance, but people go, different people go there and other people go there. They might share some of the same treatments, but um, but the cancer patients need to. So cancer is, is I've been focusing on cancer. I guess it really, I, I personally focused on it, you know, for a long period of time, but cancer seemed to explode really about, I would say maybe 13, 15 years ago. And I just started seeing like an increase. Well, I worked with an oncologist And I loved him because he was so good at collaborating, incorporating with me. And I'd send him a patient and he would say, okay, this is what we need to do. And anyway, I said, okay, would you, 
would you work with me? And so he started working with me and then he um, had gotten rheumatoid arthritis and had to quit practicing. So I continued on with the division of the cancer center and I developed another corporate team with me. And so breast cancer is the number one cancer in the world now. And um, they say about one in eight women uh, will develop breast cancer. And it's so funny. I always like look at television. I maybe watch TV 15 minutes just to see what's going on because I'm so out of pocket with, you know, things because I work all the time. And I see these commercials about, you know, it's about cancer. It's about all these different things. And I was like, okay, but no one talks about proactive, preventive, precise medicine, like no one's, we're talking about treatment of autism, treatment of cancer, treatment of whatever label they come up with next. And I'm like, no, this is not what we should be doing. What, what are we doing? We're just watching people get sicker and we're living in 2021 and we're talking about sending people to the moon. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait. This is just doesn't feel right for me. This is just like the cornerstone of existence is our community, whether it's you and me or whether the community you live in or the community that we have here today or this weekend or whatever. And that's is where we get life. That's where we get life, right? Because the single greatest social determinant of living long is your social well-being, like who you, who's your community, okay? And this past year and a half, two years, we've we we we've been told to get in isolation, which is is deathly. All right, and so and it really hasn't really helped that much, okay? And um, so, but it's 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 deterred people from being healthy, okay? And so. Um, but we need to be focused on our, you know, the well-being of our community all the time. All right. And we should all be focused on how we can augment someone's life. All right. How do we make someone better? Whatever we do, it doesn't matter what your title. There's always something that you can do to bless someone with something. All right. And, and that's what we should be doing. And breast cancer now being the number one cancer, and I don't believe we have any preventive proactive measures other than if you come to my office, because that's what we're all about. In fact, my patients, every patient that comes on the optimization side, I go, okay, we're, we're really focusing on cancer prevention and early detection. I need you to do these couple of little tests, okay? And obviously every patient pretty much is amenable to do these tests because they have a friend, a sister, a brother, someone with cancer. It's not, you know, it's not, it's only one degree of separation, right? Mm. And so breast health though, I think is kind of mysterious. You know, I have a lot of young patients. They're 30 years old. They're not getting breast exams. They're not going to the doctor. They go to get a pep smear. They might get a breast exam, um, but they're not, uh, you know, they're not getting any preventive testing, right? Because there is no preventive testing because they tell you you're supposed to get a mammogram somewhere between, they said first between 35 and 40, but then they found out that radi there's so much radiation with the mammograms. Oh, we should probably start at 40 and probably do them every other year because the radiation causes, you know, cancer. 
And now they're saying, I mean, I think that's still a problem because even if so, they're still telling you to get mammograms as the only source of breast screening, which if you get a mammogram, the breast, the imaging says that your breasts are dense. So that means you're going to miss probably 50% of pathology. So you should be doing an ultrasound on most women, right? Now I do mammogram, ultrasound, and thermography. Obviously breast self-exam. Every woman should be doing a breast self-exam once a month in their first week of their cycle. Because once you ovulate, all the hormones and everything tends to change. So in change the, uh, the architecture of your breast, not every woman, some women. So they should be doing that after their, once their menstrual cycle starts and then their breasts all calm down and you can do a good breast exam, doing it standing up and lying down and everyone's breasts are different. Okay. But you know, your breast, you know, yours, because you, you, you lived with yourself for all these years. So, you know, so you're going to be noticing changes, any kind of changes, first of all, a lump. But like I said earlier to you before, before we got going is, you know, a breast lump um, is how I would say 93% of cancers are diagnosed is finding a breast lump. Wow. So, yeah. So your breast health exam is really, really, really important. Okay. So a breast self exam, you know, should be done. Um, I tell people to do it in the shower because with soap, you can feel things better. Not only feel your breast feel underneath your arms and your axilla. All right. Your axilla is the armpit of the arm. You should be feeling for lumps and bumps. Um, and then look for any changes, redness, swelling, discharge, itching, anything that's not what you've ever been accustomed to. You should be going to the doctor. And, you know, and I say, you know, I'm not an overreactor. Okay. I don't believe in overreaction whatsoever. I've already had seven kids. I don't really overreact unless they're jumping off a bridge, you know, but, but at the same time, we want to be proactive because so many times I hear from the patients, they say, well, I went to the doctor and they go, oh, it's nothing. Okay. But we need to verify that it's nothing. All right. It's very easy to figure out doing the breast imaging, doing the blood test. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but you know, pretty much you can do a good evaluation with the patient and make sure that it is nothing. But I'm more concerned now today because I have a lot of 30 year olds with breast cancer. And I'll tell you a story, patient came in, uh, I think it was two days ago. And I've seen her, I've seen her and she had two little breast lumps on her. And so I sent her to a surgeon for full evaluation, got an MRI. And so he did the biopsy and said it was fibroadenoma. So, and so he said, there's no cancer there. Well, I do a blood test called RGCC. RGCC is a laboratory in Greece and Switzerland. And I do it here. It's available in lots of countries. They even do it in Australia. And I said, well, let's just make sure it's nothing. So I ordered a blood test called circulating tumor cell test. So the circulating tumor cell test I did. And sure enough, she had circulating tumor cells. So she has wow. cancer, even though the pathology and the biopsy 
says it's fibroadenoma. So I always, and I had one of my employees who is 24, well, she's probably 26 now, 24, came in, she didn't like her doctors. And so I said, we're going to figure this out. And she wasn't working for me at the time. And then she now is with me, but that's a, another story. But anyway, she's a cute, adorable young lady. And I said, okay, we're going to figure this out. So I, I did an ultrasound right away. And I said, you know, this is not okay. And so I ordered more imaging. I sent her to the surgeon. The surgeon said, I'll take it out. I don't think it's abnormal, but I did the circulating tumor cell. Yes, yes, circulating tumor cell. I did um, all her blood testing and everything. And at 27 year, you know, the blood test always looked pretty good. And she definitely has circulating tumor cells, but her biopsy came back that it wasn't cancerous. And I said, well, but I'm telling you right now that, you know, the gold standard is biopsy. But now I tell patients, I have to do biopsy and we've got to do this other blood test. And then I do comprehensive blood testing that I talk about in my book. And so, um, so we, you know, we have to, we really got to take a deep dive with people and we need to make sure, make sure, make sure that there is nothing wrong because cancer, you know, the top two killers are heart disease and cancer. Heart disease still kills a slightly more people. Cancer is almost encroaching on the same level as heart disease. So we, we've got cancer, though, is much more complicated to treat. Heart disease, you know, you can tell people to lose weight, get their blood sugar down, put a stent, even though a stent doesn't solve all the answers. It's just the Band-Aid in the, you know, in the, in the pipeline. But at least, you know, most of our patients really don't die of a heart attack because we do screening for them, too. But, but cancer is not that kind of disease, okay? Cancer is super, super complicated. I always give the analogy that cancer is like 100 leaks in the roof and it's a tornado, rainstorm, and hurricane, and you've got to seal them all off. So I had a patient this afternoon, she's in Los Angeles, and she has endometrial cancer. And so she had a total hysterectomy. And she said, just, just, just for people who don't know, where is endometrial cancer located? Because okay. for some people that sounds like endometriosis. Right. It's, yeah, it's endometrial cancer is cancer of the lining of the uterus. So every woman has a uterus. That's where you have your menstrual cycle from. So anyway, so they call it endometrial because here you have, here's your uterus and inside the lining is the endometrium. So on her ultrasound, it showed thickening of the lining. So the doctor went in and did a biopsy and sure enough, that's what showed the cancer. So she had a total hysterectomy. A total hysterectomy is removal of your uterus, your tubes and your ovaries, okay? And then they sampled two lymph nodes. So with the lymph nodes were negative. So the big question is, does she get radiation? So she's asking me, Dr. Kinley, do you think I should get radiation? And I said to her, in cancer treatment, you either get surgery or chemo or radiation or some combination thereof. That is just standard operating procedures. And I said, even if you get radiation, I can't tell you you're okay because radiation partially works some of the time because cancer cells 
usually aren't all removed with surgery. They're usually not all removed with chemotherapy, and they're usually not all removed with radiation. That's why you must take care of the unwell environment that the cancer came in. So from one cancer cell to tumor formation takes 10 years. So just a little surgery, chemo, and radiation, that's not going to unravel the problems of unwell milieu terrain with those procedures. You're actually going to make it worse because surgery is injurious and immunosuppressive. Chemotherapy is injurious and immunosuppressive and radiation is too. So you got to take care of the unwell environment that the cancer came in and then all the work after the surgery, chemo and radiation. It's a long process. Wow. Yes. Mm. yes. It so just goes to think, show. So yeah, you go. Yeah, go on. Goes to show. I was going to say, it just goes to show how important it is. And I'm always harping on about this to listen to your body. Because your body is always like, if you just keep, like you were mentioning before about a patient who, you know, was like, oh no, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Like, and not fussing too much about it, but you got to listen to those little signs because those little signs are messages that something's going on, you know, regardless whether it's small or big, but the small ones are the ones we want to listen to so that we stop the big ones even happening. Well, I talk about that. I'll do a little Instagram or a little talk, TikTok that if your body is talking to you, you need to listen. Yes, people will have a little this, a little that, you know, day to day. And, you know, let's say it, can, it takes care of itself. But when something persists and whatever persists and you resist, it gets bigger. So I always tell people, like you said, we must pay attention. Now, I will tell you, though, that patients can have no symptoms and have cancer, okay? Mm. Patients can feel great and have cancer. So that's another fallacy because people say, well, I don't really need to check anything. I feel great. I don't have any interruption in my life. There's no problems. So for people like this, would you suggest getting a regular checkup is a good idea? Like I personally go every six months just to get a regular full body checkup because I find that it's great to know what my body's going through. But what would you suggest to people who are looking to just maintain health and how can they know where their health status is at? Right. Well, that's a great question because a patient asked me today, well, I can go see this doctor and he or she can do, you know, these IVs or these things. And I said, well, I'm very particular about how I work you up. And I know those people, even though I teach physicians all over the world, my knowledge, it's not like I don't share my knowledge, but I'm very specific about what I want you to have done. Yes, I can tell Dr. So-and-so what things to do there, but at the same time, the way I work you up, it really needs to be my way because I know that I see patients all over the world and the blood tests they do and what I do are completely missing lots of parts. So the blood test on a patient, like, you know, a young person, even a 25 year old today needs to be addressed like a 50 year old because 25 and 30 year olds are having illnesses of older people now. Mm, And so just because you're young doesn't mean, I used to say that patients have a warranty until you're 40, but that's if you would take really good care of yourself. If you practice health 
and practice. But I, you know, right before I came up here, I had a 45 year old young lady. She is, she rides horses and she teaches horses and she has a spindle cell sarcoma of her leg. And she has no history of any medical problems whatsoever. So that kind of cancer is a tumor of connective tissue and muscle. And so, and it's very serious what she has, but she had no medical history. She doesn't take any medications. That kind of cancer would, is very, 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 I would say it's rare. She has a rare kind of an aggressive cancer, but it's not something you would find on a blood test. Most blood tests do not find cancer, Gemma. Mm. So the blood test though, but for example, the blood test that I would have every patient do besides a, a blood count, which checks to see if you're anemic. So like if your white counts low, that's a sign your immune system isn't good. Your hemoglobin, if you're anemic, that's a sign something's going on. If you do a chemistry panel, which looks at your electrolytes, liver and kidney, if there's something not right there, that's gonna be a, another sign, okay? Then one of the big tests that I do is C-reactive protein. CRP stands for C-reactive protein. It's a nonspecific marker for inflammation. Inflammation's the precursor to every chronic illness. The another blood test I'll do is a hemoglobin A1C. A hemoglobin A1C is a reflection of your sugar over 90 days. If you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, you're higher risk for all diseases. Then if you have low vitamin D, you're higher risk for a lot of diseases, heart disease, cancer, lots of illnesses. And then I like to check thyroid, thyroid function, but you got to do a complete thyroid function test, including an entire panel of TSH, free T3, free T4, and maybe thyroid antibodies looking for Hashimoto's. And then we got to check the adrenals. The adrenals are your stress, immune, and longevity glands. So in a boy, you would check all their testosterone in a woman. If you're on birth control pill, you would check your testosterone because testosterone is shut down production when you're taking birth control pill. So, um, and you might have lower testosterone for a lot of different reasons. Okay. And so, and then if you're having irregular cycles or bad PMS or other inflictions of a, of a cycle that, that you're not like, you're not happy with and your body's not in a, in, a, in a good homeostasis, then you need to evaluate that because everything is about the beauty of your hormonal orchestra. And so if a woman's hormonal, if the woman has severe cramps, there's something wrong because you're not supposed to have severe cramps. If you have an extended period of PMS, that means something's probably not good with your progesterone levels. If you have fibroids and cysts, you probably have estrogen dominance and iodine deficiency. So all these little things. And then if you, you got a partner with the right doctor who knows the functional integrative approach to taking care of a patient, because when I went to medical school, we didn't, I didn't learn any of this. I have mm -hmm. learned it all on my own, taking, taking courses and now teaching courses. So, cause every time you have to teach something, you got to go study hard. So, you know, you've got to go to a doctor who now is, I call them reborn, you know, and they're, they're willing to look at the updated medicine. So, you know, we are very, very complex beings, but we're also living in a very futuristic, technical, industrialized world where we haven't taken into consideration how we need to support and counterbalance the body 
with the existing rise in use of chemicals, the water, toxic water that we're drinking every day, the pollution that we're living in, the stress we're living in, the EMFs that we're living in, all these extenuating factors that no one's taken into consideration how they affect the human body. We know that they do because there's a lot of scientific studies and all this. It's not like the literature is lacking in scientific studies. The, the scientific studies are there. Uh, pollution abounds us. You can just study plastics forever. Well, look what plastics do to your hormones. So, um, so now we're living in this world inhospitable to the survival of human beings. And all I have to know in America here that we rank 43rd in, the, in healthcare. We spend twice as much as any other country. So it's better that you didn't get care in our country uh, because we, we rank so low. So third world countries are doing better than us. 60% of the population is, has a chronic illness and is on medications. There's 10 wow. prescriptions written per man, woman, and child. So like, if we're doing so great, why is everybody so sick? So our paradigm is not working. Yeah, this is real. I love that you brought all of this up. It's definitely a, a big rabbit hole we could definitely dive into because there's so many facets to it. And I think a lot of people are oblivious to, to all of these facets. So thank you for bringing them to light. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my brand new signature membership program, the Well Woman Academy. Would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle, understand ovulation, master menstruation and live cyclically? Well, your menstrual cycle membership is here. The Well Woman Academy is a monthly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, contraception, the feminine, eating and moving through your cycle. Yep, it's the number one place to discover how to end cycle signs and PMS for good. For less than $2 a day each month, you'll access over 150 live self-paced educational classes and cyclical specific learning modules across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Not to mention every membership gives back with the menstrual cups to menstruators in need thanks to our commitment with the COVA project. Join me and women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal as we awaken your cycle, reconnect your body, and guide you to live in cyclical harmony. Learn more and join us at www.wellsome.com forward slash academy. I'd love to ask you about breast exams. You mentioned a couple of them before. And I think, you know, even myself, I'm 35. I don't really know how to do a full self breast exam apart from the basic little things that you mentioned before. So for those listening who are like, you know what, I'm that 25 to 30 year old, maybe even older. And I would like to explore like, where's my breast health at? Mm -hmm. What's, how do they do a self exam? And then what are they actually looking for? Right. So if you take your, to examine your left breast, you would take your right hand and you would first of all, examine your breast. Look how it looks. You know, you don't really think about how looking at your breast, make sure it looks normal. It's like one of my patients today told me that she noticed a dimpling and the doctors discarded that. No, you need to pay attention. If there's dimpling, if the nipple starts to invert, the color changes, anything, anything, know your breast, look at it, look how beautiful it is. And, and when then, you said discharge earlier, was that discharge from the boob or was that vaginal you, discharge? Usually, no, discharge from the breast. Wow. This is why I wanted to ask you about that. Okay, cool. Yes. Discharge from the breast. And so if you take your right hand to examine your left breast and you, you start, you know, 
right on the inner and you do a circumferential exam, like all the way around, feeling, feeling all the way. Okay. All the way. And it's good to massage your breast anyway, because totally. that helps, that helps the circulation and lymphatics. So you all about breast massage. <laughs> yeah. So you circle all the way around, all the way in. Okay. Because you're feeling for different things and always go all the way underneath, you know, feel your lymph glands. Cause you know how, like, I remember when I was younger, I used to have what they call kernels, kernels. They'd always come. If I had a menstrual cycle, they'd always come before. And they were like, always a hard knot. That's your lymph glands being congested. So you want to feel. And then when you do this regularly every month, you'll know that there's something different because you know, your totally. body. Okay. Yeah. And then look for redness, redness. Don't, and, and don't, don't take anything for granted that anything's okay. Go verify. If you have any question of anything, go and verify that the breast is normal. I know I've done a jillion exams in my life. So I know now I know I've had people with lumpy breasts. There are people that are going to have lumpy breasts. Okay. They have fibrocystic breast. Okay. So they're not going to feel the softness and uh, of a normal, like if a breast is not fibrocystic and fibrocystic breasts, I would say a lot of women have fibrocystic breasts. So it's not okay. that it's that abnormal, but when you do your breast every month, you know, there is something different and look for the color changes. Look, make sure nothing color change, make sure there's no redness, make sure that there's not any continued swelling, make Nipple sure color too. Yes. Nipple color. Okay, Cause okay, I've okay. had patients tell me little things that they noticed way years before, and then everybody discounted it. Okay. And so, you know, this is, we can't discount anything. I always tell, I always tell doctors, patients have all your answers because who lives with you every day, 24 seven, you do. Okay. And we need to pay attention to ourselves. We have, we tend to not pay attention to ourselves. Like we tend to just go through life, you know, and not pay attention, but we need to pay attention, love ourselves and be attentive to ourselves. And breast self-exam is one of those things that can be easily done. So you take your right, you go all the way around and go underneath the arm. And then you take your left hand for the right, uh, for the right breast and go all the way around, start from the inner, you know, and, and press all the way around. You don't have to press hard, but you press all the way around and keep going in towards the center of your nipple. And then you feel all the way under your arm, you know, like I said, because the limb glands, you can feel if you have enlarged limb glands. It's very, definitely. it's very, very, you know, very evident. Now, you know, it's easier, you know, if your weight is ideal, you know, when you're more overweight, you may not feel things as good. That's why that, that's why imaging will be important or someone else examining your breast. But again, you know yourself better than the doctor does. Than anyone else. So. Yeah, than anyone else. So don't rely on your doctor to be, like I said, most breast cancer is found with breast self-exam. And you mentioned earlier that when we're doing this self-exam, best for the first week of your cycle. So would you suggest at the end of your bleeding time, yeah. like as you're like getting used to like not wearing a tampon or your cup or changing your exactly. menstrual underwear to normal, around that time to be like, all right, before my estrogen kicks in, let's do this time now. Self-exam. Yes, exam. Exactly. Because okay, that's Everyone when the hormones evolve. 
yeah, that's when the hormones have all gone down and mm-hmm. they're starting to, you know, go back uptick on their cycle. That's okay, great. Cool. So for everyone who's now going to start doing their breast exams around day five, six, seven of their cycle, what, how would you describe a healthy breast? Because we know what to look for, but like, what, how would you describe what a healthy breast is? Well, healthy by breast, what you're what you're looking at, what you're feeling. Yeah, well, what you're feeling is you don't want to feel any hard knots like a pea or a marble, right? Or obviously anything bigger than that. All right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so for sure that. Then also, if you're doing breast exams every month, you're going to know that something's new, right? And then, second of all, like I said before. If you feel your breasts are lumpy, there it may be the same kind of lumpiness you feel every month. So, like if you do this three months in a row, you're gonna go, oh no, I, you know, this is how it felt exactly like it felt the last several months. And, and if, if it was a lump, would it be there throughout the entire cycle? It would, wouldn't it? Uh, most likely, yes. And yeah. it's usually non-painful, non-tender. Yeah. Now, okay, a lot that. of women have very swollen breast prior to their menstrual cycle. All right. Like a lot of women will, you know, their breasts get engorged and everything. So that's different. That's why you don't do breast self exam during that time. Because yes. And so that's why it's really important to do it on that time after your cycle. So ground zero. Yeah, ground zero. So so you're not so and then also like I said, you know, looking for any unusual, just anything unusual. Like, you know, like I have patients that oh, they went to the doctor and the doctor thought they had mastitis, you know? And I'm like, well, you just don't have mastitis. Like you don't. Now, if you're nursing and you've just had babies and you're nursing and all that, you can definitely have mastitis because I've had mastitis, but you don't have it if you're just a woman and no kids and not, you know, not breastfeeding, you know, and if you have mastitis, you have to say, wait a second, why is this happening? Not even breastfeeding. (laughs) Yeah. This is not something that's normal. So, and a lot of, I find that a lot of doctors like discount, like it's, no big deal, you know? Well, cold is no big deal. Like a cold, you have it for a couple of days and then, you know, you're better the next day, all right? But but not when something like this occurs. This is big deal, you know? So pay attention, because I have to tell you, my youngest patient with breast cancer was probably, or she is, well, she's now older now because she's been treating with me, but, um, I would say like 26 years old. So, and then the little girl that was my staff member, she was 24 when she came to see me. So this is not just occurring. I would say it's typically not found in younger women, but I think in this day and time, we can't assume anything. We can't. And I think what you mentioned all about, like, EMFs and toxins and, you know, preservatives and, you know, GMOs and all these things that we now have in the health industry and just well-being industry that's been changed in the way in the society that we live in over the last 20 to 30 years. 
I'm even seeing in women that I work with in schools that I teach that girls as young as seven are now menstruating, which is like, I feel very kind of similar to that. Like there's so much going on. There's changes that are occurring in the outer world. We can't expect that that's not going to change our inner world and our inner experience. So at all age, we need to understand about all of these aspects. So thank you so much for sharing. We're almost out of time and I have a final podcast um, podcast question for you. Um, what would you say is important to do to maintain healthy breasts? You mentioned breast massage earlier, which I think we can probably add to the list. I love that. But if someone's wanting to maintain healthy breasts, um, what's, a good, what's a good thing that they could be doing or a few right. good things? Very, they could be very good question. So a couple of things. First of all, evaluate your lifestyle, okay? So stress is everyone's biggest problem and breast cancer is unrest in your nest. So breast cancer tends to stem from either a problem with someone in their nest. So that's their immediate family. So we got to keep stress under control. Okay. Figure out some way. I don't, I don't care if it's therapy, combination of meditation. I mean, whatever, but stress is everyone's number one situation. And we do not practice, um, emotional awareness. We don't. All right. And we, but I didn't learn this young. I learned this, you know, probably my first started, my first thing was 45 years of age. So I would say like, that's the most important thing that I do daily practice. And I, the, what I personally do is gratitude affirmations all day, especially in the morning and, and night. So I do that. I turn every ne- negative into a positive affirmation. I do breathing, exercising, and then I love meditation with Solveggio frequencies. So, and just be a kind, peaceful, loving person all the time. All right. Beautiful. That's number one. And that's how, and you got to practice that every day, not just once a week, every day. Okay. Then we need to sleep well. I tell people your day starts when you go to bed. Because if your sleep isn't good, your day will not be good. And all those things that were supposed to be taking place at night didn't happen. All right. Right. So like detox, brain repair, everything didn't happen at night if you didn't sleep well. Then water, you've got to to invest in water purification somehow, some way. Water is toxic with medications, with toxicity, with weed kill. I mean, all kinds of things. So you have to drink water because water purifies the body. All right. Then we need to eat foods that nourish and strengthen and heal our bodies. So we need to eat foods from nature and in our ancestral ways. All right. I love that you say that. And so we, you know, we've been, you know, around for a long time. So we know how people have eaten for a long, long, long time. And we are all eating manufactured, packaged, plastic, GMO. I mean, all kinds of who knows what it does and is for our body. But it eat things in their natural state. You want to keep your weight ideal. Being overweight causes severe inflammation, lots of hormonal problems. Um, It causes lots of stress on the liver. So we need to be embracing an ideal weight. All right. Um, Then we need to move. 
We have 800 muscles, so we need to move our body. You don't need to be a marathon or a triathlon runner or triathlete, but you've got to move, move your body because that's what moves the blood circulation, oxygenation, the lymphatics and everything. Then I believe doing a liver cleanse, like every season, do a liver flush. Why? Because that's where all your hormones are processed. So doing a liver cleanse is probably one of the best things that you can do on a regular basis. And I tell people every season. So once every three months, um, that's easy to do. That's in my book. Um, don't wear deodorant. All right. I personally don't wear deodorant, uh, but I've been doing infrared sauna for many years. So when you do infrared sauna, you're detoxing all the time. But deodorant, most all the deodorants are not all of them, but most are toxic and have aluminum in them and so or other chemicals. So just use if you want to use a, a deodorant, use a non-toxic deodorant, maybe with charcoal, maybe with coconut oil. There's lots of different ones that are phenomenal. Don't wear bras that have wire in them. Wire is a metal, cuts off the circulation and blocks the energy pathways. There's a great book called Dress to Kill that documents lots of different um, things about this. Um, I personally don't wear any kind of wire bra at, at all. And then um, if women, they may need, if women have hormonal problems, they need to seek the help of a practitioner who can help modulate them with broccoli extracts, estrogen, calcium deglucrate, all different type of supplements that, you know, um, really limit your alcohol. We know alcohol increases breast cancer. So you want to be very mindful of ingestion of alcohol because even small amounts can be, um, can be problematic. So, um, you know, a lot of people use alcohol today. A lot of women use alcohol today as a medicine, as a therapy. Wine and, down on wine, wine right, up it, on coffee. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, you know, learn to enjoy a little of alcohol and maybe once or twice a week, don't make it a practice. Learn how to unwind in other ways. Because once you start practicing that, it will become fine for you, believe it or not, is not to need that. But in, I see in America today that women are using wine. I mean, they've used it for years, but now they're using alcohol as a, it's their, it's their medication. And so um, we know alcohol, don't smoke. Um, smoking is, is, we already know smoking is not healthy. And there's hundreds of toxins in smoking, not to mention all the other, you know, factors that contribute to, um, to, you know, Ill, all, not just breast, but to illness in general. So, and these are things like you can do right now. Okay. Anyone can implement them. And, um, and if people can't tell me it's hard. It's hard to be sick. If you don't schedule your health, your illness will schedule you. Oh, I love that line. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Dr. Connolly, this has been absolutely amazing. All these things are so simple to do, but they're so simple not to do. And I think that if you just pick one or two, start with that and then keep adding every month, I think it's a really good way to kind of incorporate right. them all. That's a good um, exactly right. And they are really simple. So thank you so much for touching on all of them. Now, how can our listeners find you? And you also mentioned about your book. 
So tell us about the, like the name of your book. I know what the name is, but tell us what the name is and then where they can find you to learn more about what you do or connect with you. Um, What's the best place to do that? Well, um, Instagram, we, we really are active on Instagram. So Instagram is a great way to plugged in to stay, to stay focused on what you need to be doing. And I say that because we just all need daily reminders, right, of, of, of these practices. So we do lots of education there. Uh, I will do TikToks. I do do lots of pod, all these podcasts. We do have our own podcast that we awesome. talk about. Yeah, so we talk about great topics there. The topics are there. They're great. You know, you can listen to anything all the time now. And we, the two books I have are Perfectly Healthy, Be Perfectly Healthy, and Cancer Revolution. So those are all on audio and, you know, if you like to read from a book. So there's, you know, there's always, we do have a monthly newsletter. The monthly newsletter is fabulous. Um, the pay, every patient tells us how great the newsletter is. So people can sign up for that. Um, in 2022, I will be having uh, conversations on topics, so different topics. So I did one on breast cancer recently, about a month or so ago. I don't know, time flies. And so we're going to be doing conversations on different topics that people can come and listen and ask. They can ask, you know, they are going to be the webinar because people can um, you know, answer questions and stuff. So we're huge on education. So people need to stay tuned to everything we're doing. And we're, you know, our clinic is like probably the most, you know, cutting edge clinic. We have the most fabulous, you know, other people in our team that are all incredible at different things, uh, you know, whether it's the nutritionist or whether it's the person who does the emotional work, they're just like, they're just really love their passion. And so we want to share with people so that they all can help themselves. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I will pop all of those links into the show notes so people can connect with everything from your Instagram to your podcast, to the books, to the newsletter. So thank you so much. I have one final podcast question, which we ask all of our guests, it's a bit of a rapid fire question. And it's a very different to what we've been talking about, but um, I'd love for you to think back to your younger menstruating self. So when you did get your period for the first time, what are three things you wish you knew about your cycle then that you now know today? Well, I wish I would have known about really how the hormones are supposed to work. You know, like, how is it really supposed to be? Because I was really different. Okay. And back then people didn't, you know, we didn't talk about these things. It needs to be an open dialogue about this, you know, conversation like, oh, I mean, because people only know what they know. They don't know like how, oh, migraines. Oh, you know, this, you're swelling, this thing, all these different, I'm moody, whatever. So I think I would have liked to have known how I'm supposed to feel because all I know is what I'm feeling. And then I would have liked to understand the hormones and how they really worked in my body. So I would knew, know like how I need to know how it's really supposed to work. Okay. Because, you know, they say it's natural, but I was not natural. My, my body wasn't natural because I, 
never had a period. And when I had a period, I was all excited to have a period. Um, and then third of all, I would have loved to have been partner with a doctor who could like myself that I could have, but the doctor could have figured things out so quickly for me. And I didn't have to search all over to find what I found on my own. They're fantastic take-homes and a great little list that we can add to the, the collective list that we have of all the answers from that question. So Dr. Connolly, thank you so much for joining us on the show today and sharing all of your wisdom about many different aspects of health, but particularly breast health. Very, very grateful that you took the time out to join us. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.